so high right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama! Oh my mama made it, ma! Anything's possible! Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast. I want to thank you for making this show part of your daily routine, especially on a day like this, whatever it is that you're doing right now, whether you're at work, at home, in the car, listening on a podcast, or watching on YouTube. I really want to thank you for including me in this show in your day. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. And I am the author of The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, a book that you can now buy wherever books are sold, online, Barnes & Noble, uh, Amazon, all those places. Or if you want a signed copy, you can go to johncorrales.com. It's right there on the front page. 30 bucks makes a great Father's Day gift for the Celtics fan in your life or whatever gift. Or maybe you want it for yourself. So, Uh, Please go ahead and get one. Thank you. Boston Celtics lose game two of this series to the Brooklyn Nets. 130-108 in a game that was not exactly that close. The Boston Celtics at one point trailed this, this game by 33. At one point, they led this game by one. So technically, it's a comeback win. (laughs) But the Brooklyn Nets put up 40 points in the first half. 38, uh, first quarter, I should say, 38 points in the third quarter. Joe Harris destroyed them in the first quarter, and the Celtics just looked like lost. They just looked lost in here, and I guess I guess that's as good a place to start as any with this game because part of this was Brooklyn is just too damn good. Like Part of this is simply when Brooklyn's rolling like this, you got no, you got no shot. You, you're, you're trying to cover Kyrie as he gets out. And okay, there's James Harden. We, we got to get somebody to James Harden. Oh shit, Kevin Durant has the ball now. Now what? And people are overreacting to everything that's happening. And then Joe Harris is like, oh, look at me with the ball and plenty of room to shoot. I'm gonna make this three and another three and another three and another three. Uh, just destroyed them with three-pointers in the first quarter. And once that started happening, the Celtics had no chance. They they could not recover. I've made this this point here. I, I, I wrote it in my post-game report on Boston Sports Journal. I brought it up on the Locked on NBA podcast. So I apologize if this is the second or third time that you're hearing it. But Really, this is the best description I can give you of the Boston Celtics this year. The Boston Celtics started this game out well. I thought for a minute here that this game was going to be one of those 140 to 135 slugfests. It's going to come down to who makes a couple of shots in the fourth quarter, right? I thought this was going to be one of those 
back and forth. You can't stop us, but we can't stop you type of things that Kemba was starting to go off. Fournier maybe was going to start going. Jason Tatum at some point was going to start going. None of that really happened. And the Celtics, once they got smacked in the mouth, they just went back to the same formula as before. We've seen it multiple times this season. Start out well, face adversity, retreat into iso ball. Kemba Walker said it after the game. I'll pull up his quote and I'll read it to you because it's it's the best admission that I can give you. That that Kemba Walker basically said, um, we got lost in transition. Uh, actually, no, there was the here's what he said. We had a few stretches where we looked really good offensively, then not. A lot of ISO. And that's basically it. That's my point. This describes pick a game this season that was disappointing. We did have a few stretches where we looked really good offensively, then not. A lot of ISO. That's that's the that's it. And so here's my my comparison is if you've ever watched a Kung Fu movie, if you've ever watched a, a Bruce Lee movie, the the hero, the protagonist, always finds himself, Bruce Lee always finds himself in the middle of, uh, here's 10 guys. I got to fight 10 guys or 15 guys or 20 guys or whatever it is. There's always some wild number of guys. And you say, well, if they just work as a team, they'll kick this guy's ass. And that's where the Celtics are. You say, well, if you just work as a team, you'll do okay. But what do they do? Every Kung Fu movie. We're just going to send one guy in at a time. Now, obviously that's because you want the heroes going to win. And so the Celtics, ISO way too often, once adversity hits, they become the bad guys in the Kung Fu movie and they just keep going one at a time. And you're like, no, keep just, just work as a team. And they just refuse and they keep going one at a time. And that's the whole is one, then your turn, then your turn, and then your turn. and. At the end of the movie, the hero is standing in the middle. Like, yeah, I just I just vanquished two dozen guys. No problem. Because he's Bruce Lee. I love Bruce Lee movies. That's part of the fun. But the Celtics in an NBA basketball game shouldn't be doing that. They shouldn't be looking like the bad guys in a Bruce Lee movie. They should be like, oh, yeah, we're going to move and cut and, and pass and and work hard and, and, and replace and, and all of that. Like, just... It's, it's easier said than done, I guess, but they don't have that calming factor to them. They don't have that like, all right, we're going to do this the right way type of thing. And I don't know if this is because Jason Tatum is, is new to all, to all of this and he's got to figure this out. He's got to figure out when to attack, when to, um, pass, when, you know, when to do all of these different things. Marcus Smart had a quote that I thought was very, very telling. He was asked, basically, what do you have to do to help Jason Tatum? Here's his quote. We need to get open for him. We're running plays for him. We're doing everything that we can to help him. But at the same time, Jason has to continue to be able to adjust to the defense that he's seeing out there. Like I said, we just got to continue to get open for him. We got to continue to get in his eyesight. And JT has got to continue to make the pass to us, even if we're making or missing them. Eventually the shots will fall and it'll open up a lot for him. And basically it feels like Marcus Smart is saying, trust us. You have to trust us and we will trust you. And this is the give and take. 
And maybe this is part of why the Celtics end up going so much ISO because Tatum ends up going so much ISO. When Tatum's at his best, hey, look, sometimes Tatum goes a bunch of ISO and he's awesome. And that's part of being as good as Jason Tatum is. And sometimes he goes a bunch of, goes a bunch of ISO and it's not so awesome. And you have to move the ball. You have to pass. You have to give it up to Marcus Smart. And if Marcus Smart takes a bad shot, then we call out Marcus Smart for taking out a bad shot. But part of being a superstar like that is sometimes making the pass. And part of being a good offense is making the pass. Look at what the Brooklyn Nets did. It was Joe Harris that destroyed the Celtics in the first half. It was Joe Harris because Kyrie and KD and Harden were basically like, yeah, man, that dude's on fire. Let's just, let's get onto transition. They're going to react to us. We'll just give it up to this guy and he's going to shoot. And if he missed all of those shots, they'd still give it to him the next time because generally speaking, this guy's pretty good at doing what he does. Celtics, not generally very good at doing what they do. Hey, today's show is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform that is made for sports fans. Check it out. Download the app. Once you're in, you can follow me at John Corrales and talk to me, other fans. It's a it's really fun to do these. Now, I do them on Fridays. So how it works is it's generally for iOS, but there's a, an Android app that's in beta. But you can still give it a shot. It should work. You go in. Everybody... It's a room. It's it's on your phone. It's like a chat room type of thing. And then if you want to talk to me, you ask to become a speaker. And I'll bring you on. And we get to talk. You got a question. You got a comment. Sometimes I'll talk to you and ask you questions. It's part of the fun. Meantime, if you don't want to talk, if you're shy or whatever, somebody's asked your question, you got nothing else, hop into the chat room. And you can discuss what's being said amongst yourselves. It's a lot of fun to do these. Now, I do them on Fridays. Now, this Friday is a game day, so depending on if there's a shoot-around Friday morning, depends on what time this is going to, I'm going to do it. So I don't know what day, what, what time of day it's going to happen, but I'll do one on Friday to, because uh, I do one every Friday. So download the free Locker Room app. It's currently available on all iOS devices. Like I said, Android's in beta, so be careful. It's a little buggy, but they're working on it. Create a new profile, link your Twitter, join the NBA group. You get the latest league updates. Follow me at John Corrales. You'll get notified when I go live and I'll tweet it out as well, but check it out. Give me your thoughts on the Celtics. I'd love to have to to hear from you. I'll see you there. Locker room is changing the way we talk about sports. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Hey, up next, uh, in the next segment, I'm going to talk about the Brooklyn Nets and Blake Griffin and how he's being rewarded for quitting on the Detroit Pistons. But let me continue talking about this game by just getting some, I guess, some other thoughts here about what we saw Uh, Jason Tatum struggled three of 12. Again, there was some talk about a a potential groin injury, which may have been holding him back. I saw Jared Greenberg, apparently of NBA TV had mentioned that I hadn't seen that anywhere else, 
but uh, we'll try to figure that out. After the game, it was a little crazy with with Brad Stevens and all the other stuff. We were worried about Jason Tatum's eye. He got poked in the eye. Didn't get to ask him about the potential injury that Tatum's been dealing with. But we'll see. The Celtics will practice the, you know, the rest of this week. I think they have a practice on Wednesday. I think they'll definitely have a practice on Thursday. So we'll have opportunities to get to the bottom of this. I don't know if that's what's hampering Jason Tatum. He looks to be moving okay out there in general, but he is not doing well. I think it goes back to some of the ISO stuff that he was talking about. One thought here about the the poke in the eye, and this is this is where um, I, I just don't understand. I don't like talking about the refs. People who have watched this show, listened to this show before, you know I hate talking about the refs. I don't like blaming officials for anything. A lot of people were complaining about the calls early on. The officials had no bearing on this game, I don't think. I mean, it wouldn't have changed anything, I don't think. But, but. Kevin Durant poking Jason Tatum in the eye with an official looking directly at Jason Tatum's face. Like, if I could show you the picture, it was, he was looking directly at Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant. In fact, he was on Jason Tatum's right side. It was Jason Tatum's right eye that got poked. He was looking directly at it. The finger went into the eye. Tatum reacted, went to the ground, and they call it a turnover and nothing on Durant. No foul. And I am just absolutely taken aback by that. And you can say that he was probably fouled a couple times on that play beforehand and got nothing. And if they had called one of those fouls beforehand, then... Maybe he wouldn't have gotten hurt because the play would have stopped and he wouldn't have gotten poked in the eye. But having an official look at that directly, and it goes back to the, the game one when Kevin Durant blatantly forearmed Jason Tatum in the face. And that was as clear of an offensive foul as you're ever going to see. And they didn't call it. And that's the one that almost got Jason Tatum a technical. I, I don't understand what's happening here. I mean, is it because it's Kevin Durant? Is it because it's Jason Tatum? And the officials are sick of hearing, you know, Jason Tatum after every call? I wouldn't put it past them. I would not be shocked if Jason Tatum's multiple seasons of throwing his hands up in the air every time he drove and not getting a call makes officials be like, you know what? I'm not giving you any calls. I'm not giving you anything. Like, he's got to punch you in the face and even then, maybe. Wouldn't be surprised, but those two plays are really egregious. The one with the, with the eye poke is especially egregious. Like I can even say like the first one from game one, maybe the ref was just kind of shielded a little bit and he didn't see the full push off. Maybe, maybe, but this one, the official was looking straight at it. And I don't, I, I don't get that at all. Kemba Walker, uh, 17 points on 5 of 11 shooting, so he shot better overall. But 0 of 3, and defensively, he had made some mistakes. He did have 7 assists, uh, but he said there were a ton of passes out there that he left on the floor that he needs to be better at. Uh, this is this has not been great for Kemba Walker. This is, the, the Kemba detractors have basically a, a bunch more ammunition for you know their, their Kemba takes. He's not been great. 
defensively. He's obviously he's not great defensively, but it's some mistakes like he, you know, going under on screens when, you know, it's Joe Harris, like at the very least, like I know Kemba's not going to be a good defender, but he does have, like he puts in effort and all that other stuff, but like got to at least know you're on Joe Harris, go over the top and chase him off that three point line and at least run Harris into the teeth of the defense. Like that, that has to, that's basic stuff. That is basic stuff. And I think he knew that some of that was happening, but after the fact, he's like, ah, man, you can see his face. Like, what did I do that for? Evan Fournier, five of nine, 16 points. Great. Five of nine, four or five from three. He was hot. I asked him after the game, what are you going to do to get more shots? Because nine field goal attempts for Fournier is just, no, can't do that. Now, to, he made the point that, hey, look, I sat the whole fourth quarter and I, you know, he played 27 minutes. You compare that to the 31 minutes, 30, almost 32 that Marcus Smart played. He got 13 shots off. Kemba Walker had 11 shots in 30 minutes. So maybe Evan Fournier with a few more minutes could have gotten a couple more shots and been more in line with everybody who sat out the fourth quarter. Fair. That's fair. At the same time, it's the same thing after game one. You need more. And, and after the game, I asked him about that, and he said, hey, look, I'm going to try to make the right play. I'm going to get it to the guy who's got it going. Like, dude, you're the one who had it going. You're the guy. You were four or five from three. You, you should have, okay, why are you only taking five three-pointers then? Take eight. You, there, I'm sure there were a couple that you passed up that maybe you could have taken. Get those shots up, man. You got to get shots up in a hurry against the Brooklyn Nets. They're not going to be there very often. Uh, a couple other things. Marcus Smart. I thought Marcus Smart played well. Generally speaking, I thought he played well. Six of 13 overall, five of eight from three. All five of those came in the third quarter where the Celtics were making their their last gasp at some sort of pseudo comeback attempt, but not enough. He led the team with 19 points. He also had six assists. Generally, I mean, I'd say it's a pretty good game. Two steals, just one turnover. Marcus Smart, I thought, was was good. Robert Williams, not not really, obviously not very effective in general, he had no block shots this one, in this one, but six rebounds, 8.6 rebounds. I think the turf toe is just too much for him. Jabari Parker, the magic has run out of Jabari Parker. I, I don't think that's effective at all. He was not effective. Aaron Neesmith, kind of feel bad for Aaron Neesmith, 0 of 5. Peyton Pritchard, 0 of 5. Both of those guys struggling in their first taste of the playoffs. Well, that's probably actually a good thing. Get Struggle. I if, if we're If there's any one silver lining here, in this, it's that the rookies are getting one hell of an orientation about playoff basketball. Like, come go back into the locker room, go into the summer and say, whew, wow, that's what you got to be to be a champion? We got a lot of work to do. Uh, we saw Romeo Langford come in and he was okay. I think, I think Brad might go to Romeo a little bit more in the next game. And he, he praised the garbage time guys. I don't know how many of those guys are going to get in, but maybe Grant gets some minutes. Maybe Carson Edwards hit a couple of shots. Maybe Carson gets some desperation minutes. I don't know what's going to happen in game three, but that's the game. Now the Celtics were making that run in the third quarter. Like I said, Marcus Smart was really trying to will the Celtics back into it. He was hot, but Blake Griffin had a couple of and one dunks that really just squashed what the Celtics did. Any minor hint of a comeback now i did say that correctly blake griffin had a couple of and one dunks 
Where were those when you were in Detroit, buddy? Where was that? Up next, how he's being rewarded for quitting on his team and how the NBA has a problem on his hands. I don't know how to fix it, but the NBA does have a problem on his hands. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. You can bet on any sport in the United States here, baseball, basketball, obviously, even the WNBA, NHL, UFC, all of that stuff is available. International sports are available. In-game betting is available. It's all on Bet Online. So head on over to Bet Online. Use your laptop, your mobile device, whichever. Check out sports news, sign-up bonuses, contest information. Use the promo code Locked On to get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Whatever you deposit, two hundred bucks, you get a hundred dollar welcome bonus. You win just by signing up and making a first deposit with that promo code Locked On. So do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the game as these teams make their playoff runs bet online your online sportsbook experts please gamble responsibly you can take some of those winnings at bet online and head on over to built bar not only does built bar have delicious flavors in their regular rotation every once in a while they drop a special edition one like birthday cake which was just available on builtbar.com If you're not going to BuiltBar.com on a regular basis, you're missing out on these special edition flavors. So check them out. Go there. Use that promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. And you'll find all of the nutrition information right there, right in front of you. So some of these have 17 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 5 grams of sugar, very low Uh, They're perfect for a keto diet. They work for the keto diet. If you've got a nut allergy, no problem. They've got options for you. If you've got that nut allergy, the non-nut options are just as delicious as the ones with the nuts. So head on over to Built Bar. Check out all of the products that they offer, but make sure you get yourself a box of those Built Bars. Use the promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. So we're watching Blake Griffin dunk three times on the Celtics. Two of them were and one where he got the dunk and the foul and crushed the Celtics' faint hopes of coming back. And you sit there and you're like, wow, man, he really coasted in Detroit. He really just was like, I'm not giving you 100%. I don't want to be here, and you're not getting everything that I have. It's very obvious. He hadn't dunked since 2019. And then he goes to Brooklyn, and in 26 regular season games, 18 dunks. And three in this one game in the playoffs. It just highlights, and I wrote this on Boston Sports Journal, how a guy can quit on his team And still get rewarded. And you watch the Brooklyn Nets. And you say. Man Harden quit on his team too. James Harden quit on this team. On the the Houston Rockets. That's how he got. To the Brooklyn Nets. He 100% quit on his team. There's no real denying that. Fans in Houston will tell you that. Even, Even Nets fans can look at. Objectively. What happened in Houston. And be like yeah that wasn't great. Just like you can look at Blake Griffin and what he did in Detroit and be like, yeah, that wasn't great. 
And look, I do not blame the, the, the Brooklyn Nets for making these deals. I don't blame them one bit. Danny Ainge would have done the exact same thing the Brooklyn Nets did. Any GM, any person putting a team together would do the exact same thing that the Brooklyn Nets did. Why not? That's the system. This is where the, this is what the NBA is. Who gives a damn if a guy is quitting on his team if he can make your team better? And if you're the fan of that team, you're celebrating in the streets. This is awesome. Look, we got James Harden. There are Celtics fans, you might be one of them, who are pissed that the Celtics didn't go for James Harden this year. You look at what he's doing in Brooklyn, and you say, not only would you take him off of Brooklyn, you put him on the Boston Celtics. He could be doing this for the Boston Celtics. And you have James Harden and Jason Tatum and whatever is left. And you're like, yeah, let's roll. And he's, you know, you take him away from the competition. Maybe the Celtics season goes differently. Do you care if if you're a Celtics fan that he quit? No. But fans of the other teams do care. And this is the problem. This is the problem that the NBA faces. And I don't know how this gets changed. What can they do? Because Harden and Blake Griffin very clearly quit on their teams. And you have a league full of fans. And this is the most important thing because the fans spend the money. The fans watch the games. The fans buy the, the tickets. If you disenfranchise the fans, if the fans are pissed off and they feel like something's you know not on the up and up, then you run a risk of the, the league falling in popularity. You really do. Fans around the league, like right now it's probably Boston fans. You guys are sitting there like, can you believe that Blake Griffin is dunking all over us after not dunking for two years? Now here he is dunking through people. Like, where was that? How is that fair to the fans in Detroit? And, and, and could Detroit have gotten something in a trade for him? Probably not. But I don't know. If he's shown that he had some life in him, maybe. Maybe some team could have given them something. Or maybe they could have gotten a trade exception. Something. I don't know. Something. Something more than a buyout. And I got to be clear here. This is not anti-player empowerment. Because I think player empowerment is important. Free agents... I'm not, this is not about Kevin Durant. It's not even about Kyrie. And you're probably sitting there thinking like, well, Kyrie quit on the Celtics at the end too. That Milwaukee series at his final minutes in Boston were not great, but that's not even about that either. It's not like that's, that's a different point. Kyrie was a free agent, no matter what he said or what he did or anything that he did in Boston, Kyrie's a free agent and free agents are free to do whatever they want. I didn't have a problem with, Ky with with Kevin Durant going to Golden State. I didn't have a problem with Kyrie and KD teaming up in Brooklyn. That's their prerogative. Brooklyn happened to be a team that was in the right place at the right time and had the cap space. Great. Good for them. All right? I, I, I can't knock Brooklyn for doing something that you would want the Boston Celtics to do. Whatever you're a fan of, whatever team you're a fan of, you want them to do what Brooklyn did. And if the players want to go play for them, that's their prerogative. They got a team willing to pay them. They get the right to choose where they work. That's 100% their choice. And even when it comes to asking for a trade, that's, and this is part of the nuance of this conversation because I don't know where it goes, but if an NBA team can trade a player, then a player can ask for a trade from an NBA team. A, play, a team can say, hey, we're giving you a four-year contract. And then a year into it, be like, nah, we're trading you. 
And you have no choice. You have to go. So, yes, I support a player who says, all right, well, I've got three years left on my deal, but things have changed here so dramatically. This is not what I signed up for. I would like to be traded. Okay, that's that's fine. But to me, just like a team has to find the right deal, like there has to be some level, some mechanism. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And this is the problem. I don't know what it is. I don't know if the league knows what it is, but you cannot have a guy like Harden just say, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to go party. I'm going to go party with my mask off in the middle of the pandemic, in the midst of all of these cases spiking, and I'm going to do it in full view and whatever happens, happens. You know, the team is in training camp and he's at a club and he's blatantly quitting on his team and throwing a temper tantrum and forcing his way out. What's, what can the league do about something like that? And not only forcing his way out, forcing his way onto the team that he wants to go to and saying, Hey, I'm only going to Brooklyn because he's throwing such a tantrum that if, I don't know, the Minnesota Timberwolves, let's say said, no, we'll trade. Or let's uh, let's use a realistic example. The Denver Nuggets. They had an opportunity at the players. Let's pretend the Denver Nuggets were willing to give up what the Houston Rockets were looking for. And Harden was like, nah, I'm not going to Denver. I want to go to Brooklyn. So what, is, what does Denver say? Well, we're not going to give up what we want to give up, what we could give up, because he doesn't want to be here. And we're seeing him throw this tantrum. He's just going to continue throwing this tantrum. And we're going to give up assets? to then deal with this guy and have him never play here? That doesn't make any sense. What's the answer? The real answer is having a team willing to make a point and void his contract. That's the answer. Because Harden coming into the season had three years left at 40 plus million. And so 120, 130, whatever million number the, the, the number was, a team... If they, if they wanted to make a point, if a player was throwing that kind of tantrum and, and violating essentially his contract, if they wanted to make that point, they could. Now, maybe it wouldn't take, but it would certainly scare the hell out of certain players, certainly make things a lot less, um, I don't know, I don't want to less likely. If, if players knew that their contract was at risk, maybe they'd be a little less demonstrative about the 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 trade there's there's got to be a middle ground between requesting a trade and never getting it or requesting a trade and and just throwing the absolute worst temper tantrum than you can get so you can get what you want because fans don't want to see that we're watching the brooklyn nets a an awesome team this team i don't know who's going to stop these guys they're amazing together. On top of the three guys that they have, you've got Joe Harris and you've got other guys that can, can really hurt you in many, many ways. This, you know, they didn't even have Jeff Green for the whole thing. Jeff Green looks great with them. Uh, Landry Shamit has had moments. He had moments in this game. They are a juggernaut right now for however long it lasts. But whatever team they play next, Fans in that city will watch Blake Griffin dunk on them and go, huh, I thought he was done. Turns out he was faking it or coasting and quitting. Well, that's not, that sucks. 
what what the hell are we what are we doing here? He quit and went to the team that he wanted to go to. There's two guys on that team like that. Is this a conversation that the league wants? What can they do about it? I don't know. I wrote about this, like I said, on Boston Sports Journal. It's an it's an extended conversation to have. Um, I just in, in this, it's not the time that we want to have it. But when you watch Blake Griffin doing this stuff, it's very obvious what had happened in his time in Detroit, and you say, "God, man, that sucks." From an outside perspective, Brooklyn Nets fans love it. They should love it. If the situation was reversed, I'd be sitting here saying. Wow, can you believe that Blake Griffin's dunking all over the Brooklyn Nets? And somebody on the Brooklyn Nets side would be having this this rant. Celtics fans would be going crazy for this team. Celebrating. Hey, banner 18, 19, 20. That's the reality of it. If it's your team that's doing it, you love it. But the but the fact is that I don't know if the league can really afford having this happen because who's next and how egregious is it? And all of these teams with young stars, like look at the Utah Jazz and all of the stuff that just happened with Donovan Mitchell. Are people in Utah just like, wait a second, is Donovan going to quit on us? Like we're right there. We're so close. Is Donovan going to be like, you know what? This injury thing, I'm done. I'm out. Trade me. I'm done. I don't care if this new contract kicks in, just kicks in. Like I'm done. I quit. And if he throws a tantrum and leaves, I'm not saying he will or I expect it to, but like, you don't think that people in Utah are, are kind of a little worried about that? Fans in Boston with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. If this keeps going the way it's going, if these guys are disappointed by what's been happening, you see Kyrie leave and Al Horford leave and Gordon Hayward leave, maybe you're a little worried about the future. How much? I mean, Tatum just signed that five year deal, which is really a four year deal because he's got a player option. But could it be a three-year deal or a two-year deal when, you know, what's up with Bradley Beal? Where's Beal going to go? Is Tatum going to be like, you know what? I'm out. I'm done. Send me to whatever team Bradley Beal is going to. Aren't Some people are afraid of that. So we'll see. In the meantime, there's a playoff series to continue, and that will continue on Friday. And hopefully the Celtics win and – if they do, I'll do a podcast after that one, give you a bonus podcast. So make sure you're subscribed to the show, whether you're subscribing on whatever uh, podcast outlet you use, Spotify, Apple, which continues to have some problems. So, you know, maybe use Spotify, use the Odyssey app, all of that stuff. Subscribe on YouTube. I'm dropping these shows on YouTube now. That's why I put on this little uh, blazer thing. You know, every once in a while, I like to get dressed up put in a little more effort to look good with the Celtics don't look good. Maybe I try a little something to try and look good for you. I don't know. Follow me on YouTube, subscribe to the show. So you can see what the hell I'm talking about. If you're not, uh, if you're not, if you're just listening to the podcast, share the podcast, tell your friends that they should be listening to the lockdown Celtics podcast here on the lockdown podcast network.